Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 190 of the iFreak Show. Today on our show, we have Andrew Madsen. Hello from Salt Lake City. And this is James Zuber from SharpSide Software. And today we have a special guest. Uh, say it with me, everyone. Paula Mata. Not Paula, not Paolo, Paula. So say hello. Hey there, this is Paula from New York City. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm currently an iOS developer at BuzzFeed. Um, I've been here for a couple of years working on their, well, I started out working on um, launching their news app. And um, as of last year, I started working on the BuzzFeed app. And um, so I'm a career changer. I'm someone who learned um, iOS uh, even programming later on. Um, and uh, maybe about four years ago, I started learning and have been doing it ever since and really enjoy it. Very cool. So we brought you on the show today to talk about notifications. Can you tell us how you got interested in notifications? Yes. So um, I had the pleasure of attending WWDC last year. And um, one of the talks that got me the most interested was the talk on, it was an intro to notifications. And um, the reason was because uh, at, at the time, well, I had just um, finished working on the, the BuzzFeed News app, and um, I part of, part of a, well, a major part of the strategy for this app is to have these uh, really timely, <clears throat> sorry, um, great news alerts. And um, I didn't get a chance to work with them, with setting them up directly, but um, I was uh, really uh, impressed by that talk because it, it went through the basics from just understanding like how, how notifications work. And coming from coming from a sort of a boot camp learning environment, it's not a topic that anyone ever goes into. So I thought it, it would be a good topic for me to to um, to present at a meetup, which is actually tonight. And um, uh, it would be a good uh, way to sort of show what I've learned to beginners. And so that's that's how I got interested in, in working on it. But also, um, uh, so the app that I started uh, working on to. Um, to learn more about notifications is for a meetup group that I help run uh, or that I help organize rather um, for uh, Latinas in tech here in New York. And I thought it would be a good project for us to work on potentially to submit to WWDC for um, scholarship. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I got the opportunity to tinker with these notifications at the new um, frameworks as of iOS 10. And I've learned a bunch since then. This episode is brought to you by DailyDrip.com. DailyDrip makes keeping up to date on programming skills easier. You already know how much time it takes to find good resources and learn new languages. What if the hard part of that was already done for you? Sign up for DailyDrip and pick a topic that you want to learn about. Want to learn Swift? How about React Native? Or maybe you just want to brush up on CSS and HTML. Every weekday you'll get a short video or reading delivered to you via email. The best part is it only takes five minutes a day. We have a special coupon just for iFreaks listeners. If you sign up using the coupon code iFreaks, as one word, you'll save $9 on your first month, which means that you can try out the Swift topic for free. Don't forget to use the coupon code iFreaks to show your support for our podcast. Make learning part of your daily routine with dailydrip.com. So what would you use notifications for? Um, so there are several uses um, of do you mean in for my app specifically? In general or for your app? Oh, in general. Okay. Um, so there are multiple uses. We can uh, set timers or reminders. Um, that would be more local notifications. But um, 
I think pushes are usually used to, to notify when there's new information, um, new data to be displayed or, you know, some kind of refresh needed. And um, for my app, it would be specifically um, when we're, when there, maybe when someone new um, RCPs for an event or um, maybe uh, to, to set reminders for ourselves, to, you know, maybe the event is in a week and there's some kind of planning thing that we need to take care of or confirm that we've taken care of. So um, it's really just meant to help us, um, inform us, essentially. Okay. How does the user experience the notification? Like, what do they see? So, um, so it really depends. Um, it depends on where you are. Um, so if you're done, it could pop up on your lock screen. It could uh, show up as a banner from the, uh, the top of the screen. Um, if you're in app, it would also show up as a banner. Um, there are sounds depending on whether you, you're, you have your sounds available. There are also um, app icon badges which would show up on your home screen. Okay, that makes sense. Now we're talking about push notifications. Are there other other types as well? Um, well, I'm, yes, I'm talking about uh, remote and local notifications specifically. Um, you know, other alerts on on your device maybe. Um, just system alerts, I'd say, or um, I'm not sure what other kind of are. Okay, what, what's the difference between a, like a push notification and a, a local notification? So um, a push notification is coming from your server-side application, essentially. You're setting it up on your back end, um, um, whereas a local notification is usually triggered by, um, by something that you're doing from your device itself or from other apps, um, and um, usually they are... Um, triggered by um, perhaps a time interval um, or a calendar, uh, sort of date perhaps, um, or your location. Um, there, I can give you several examples um, if you'd like. Perfect. Sure. Um, so for a time interval notification, um, I would say um, I use this app called Strong Lifts for my workouts. And after I do a set, um, there's a timer that starts. You know, I just I press a button, it starts a timer. And after 90 seconds or after three minutes or however long I need uh, for my rest period, I'll get a push notification and I'll know, okay, it's time to do my next set. And it's pretty sweet because, it, it, you know, I get, I have a watch, an Apple watch, and, um, you know, I kind of don't have to pay too much attention to my phone. I just sort of know, sort of know it taps me in and I know it's time to continue my workout. Um, location, I know that um, there are apps like um, in, you, where you can get in-store notifications. For example, I've heard Home Depot has a pretty good one. Um, and then the other one for calendar invites, um, sorry, calendar um, notifications, maybe, um, well, yeah, like the calendar app sets up these notifications uh, where you're, you get a reminder that you have your meeting coming up in 10 minutes or, or it's now or something like that. I think it's pretty common that if you're, you're writing an app, you know, you have some alert that you want to show up when you're in the app, uh, but you also want the same alert to show up when you're not in the app. So like you could use UI alert controller to show an alert in your app, um, but obviously UI alert controller doesn't work if your app is running. Do, do either of these push or local notifications um, sort of handle that for you? It's 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 been a while uh, since I've actually done push notifications in an app, but as I recall, uh, you kind of had to before iOS ten anyway. You kind of had to you could receive the push, but in terms of displaying UI, you sort of had to do that yourself uh, if if the app was actually running. Um, is that something they've addressed at all? 
They have. So there, there is a uh, function that's uh, part of the, the new UN, it's sort of repetitive, so it's UN User Notification Center. <laughs> um, and um, it handles um, when notifications will appear when you're in the app. Uh, it's, it's a pretty simple, just like one line code that you have to write. And um, yeah, so that it, it will show up the same way as, as it would if, if you were out, outside of the app, just like a regular banner notification. Well, that's certainly nice. Yeah. So if I want to integrate a, a notification into my app, let's say a local notification, how do I do I go about doing that? Do I have to get permission from Apple? So no, for local notifications, you don't need um, permission from Apple, but you do need to obtain an authorization from the user. And um, that's usually done um, you know, at the time, whenever you want to set it up. I think in a lot of the sample apps I've used, it happens in the app delegate, you know, did finish launching with options, but um, I set it up to sort of be triggered by a specific view controller. You can do it at any point. Um, I think um, there's just one um, one request you make where you pass in the options, um, whether you want uh, visual alerts, ba uh, badges, or sound. And once uh, there, there's a completion handler that handles, um, you know, there's a accepted or error, and um, then you you can just as soon as you have that, you can display. Um, you can start displaying notifications uh, locally. Um, and then the rest is um, setting up the content and setting up the triggers and then scheduling, just adding that request essentially to the notification center. Okay, from the user's perspective, is there any difference between you know, push notification and a local notification? From the user's perspective, um, they look the same. Now, I think um, no, I can't think of any difference, sorry. Okay, I, I wasn't aware of any difference. I'm saying, usually in the local a local notification you'll generally do in your app code. You'll set a timer right. based on a view controller or whatever you want to do, send some kind of notification. You know, push notification is something that would be triggered by the back end. But from the user's perspective, they don't really care. They don't really see any difference. That's correct, yeah. So setting up local notifications, that's all done in code. Now push notifications, there's a little bit more, more to it. So how do we go about doing that? So that is actually a really <laughs> long process. There are a lot of steps, rather. And um, so, so in the same uh, method where we request authorization for local notifications earlier, you um, you know if you get a success um, response or accepted response, you can uh, register for remote notifications. And what that does is uh, trigger the uh, token registration process. Um, but before you can even um, support notifications, uh, remote notifications, there are a lot of hoops to jump through. And what um, what is involved is essentially. Uh, a bunch of steps. I can't. I can't even count. I in in my um. I tried to narrow them down to five steps. I, th I think, but you would all handle all of these in um in the um in your Apple developer account. So you do have to have a paid membership. Um, so you have to uh, request your signing certificate. Um, you have to have an app ID, and it has to be explicit to your app, meaning um you um are providing your your bundle identifier then you have to configure your app for push notifications. Um, so it has to be uh, enabled. Um, and you do have to register your devices. 
um, that you should be developing on and create a provisioning profile. I think Xcode, I, it kind of did this for me, but I don't necessarily trust Xcode all the time to create profiles for me. So I made sure to also check, uh, confirm that um, it was the correct profile uh, that I created um, in my developer account. Then um, you have to make sure your project is configured for um, push notifications as well. Um, and then the last part would be the, the actual token registration process, which um, you're basically requesting a token from the Apple push notification service and it's um, forwarding it to your device. And then you would send that token to your server-side application, which would, uh, it would then include the token um, in, with the notification payload anytime it's sending a remote notification. So how do you typically, so you get a token from your device that says what your device is. How do you get that token to the back end, the server, or however you're doing it, that's sending the push notification? So there's a, there's a method in the app delegate that um, it basically receives that token. And um, so I to set up my project, I didn't I didn't have any um, like I don't have a backend developer experience. So um, I actually ended up using Firebase, which is sort of like what I've heard called the uh, the replacement parse. <laughs> and um, I basically uh, in that that app delegate method that receives token, I forward it to my um, my my backend to my Firebase backend essentially, and um, once it um, it has it, uh, it um, so it sends like some kind of confirmation that it's been received, and that's how I know that it's working. Okay, so in this case, Firebase is handling all the stuff behind the behind the scenes. Right. Okay, and when you want to send a push notification, you're going through the the Firebase API in, in the background yes. somewhere. Okay. Right. And typically, most projects I've done. That have done push notifications to use some other third-party solution, and there's a bunch of them. Do you know, like, the names of them? I, I can't remember so, them offhand. Yeah. So um, here at Buzzfeed, we use Urban Airship, um, and we're considering others, but that's the main one that I've that I'm familiar with, and, and now Firebase as well. Okay. And I know Microsoft has their own one with Azure. I think Google has a service, Urban Airship. That's one I wasn't thinking of. But typically, they handle this for you because you can. It is possible to you know wire up your own server in the back end and keep track of all the devices you have registered. But it's it's a real pain because you can't just add the token for the device and leave it there. You have to trim through it as devices get cycled through. Otherwise, Apple will turn off your ability to send push notifications. So if you don't have to, don't write your own don't don't write your own server for handling this. Uh, people do it for you. Uh, but I have been on teams that have done that and. It was a pain. Luckily, I didn't have to do it. I'm glad too. I think um, it was a lot of trouble getting myself set up for notifications. I hadn't, uh, you know, started a project in a long time um, on my own, and then having to go to the provisioning, and, and there are multiple like sub steps. Uh, and um, for example, when I was setting up my app ID, it was it's requesting my bundle identifier, and it wouldn't accept the actual, the identifier for my project, it kept giving me an error. So I had to change my bundle IDs to a new one. I just like made one up and then I was okay. Thanks, Apple. Exactly. No, I, I think setting push notifications can be one of the most, has been one of the most trying things I've done in projects because it's not, it's never easy to tell what's gone wrong. 
And every time I got, I would think I had figured it out it worked. Like the next project I did six months later, or a year later, I'd forgotten it all again. I had to relearn all the same type of things. But with um, um, the plus side, uh, you only have to set yourself up once, and then um, you know mainly after that you can concern yourself with how how you're handling or the data that you're sending in the pushes, as opposed to the setup. Definitely, and I guess the last time I set up a push notification was pretty recently, and I did it like blindingly fast. It took me like an hour. I, I'm like, what happened? It's like I think that's impressive. Okay, <laughs> I think Apple fixed a bunch of stuff. I think I think is what happened. So it's a lot easier. It's saner now with iOS 10. But enough about the setup. Like, what are some good uses for notifications? Like, why do we want them in their app? Like, what are you using them for? Um, well, uh, as I was saying, with Buzz, BuzzFeed News or even with BuzzFeed, we're sending out a lot of notifications lately. Um, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the news, so it, it, it actually gets users um, when they're not in the app to redir you know, redirect their attention to the app, um, or it might inform them that um, there's new information, a new article or something like that, um, something that they're interested in. Um, I, I honestly sometimes... I don't love certain apps notifications. I don't know what their strategy is, but uh, they're sort of repetitive and I can easily ignore them. I think though, um, it, when you're using pushes, you should be pretty smart about how you're using them and, and take advantage of a lot of the, the new um, iOS uh, 10 features that allow you to, to um, respond or you know, act on the notifications within the notifications themselves. So what are the new features with the iOS 10 notifications? Well, um, so we have the ability to uh, include attachments in notifications. So we can add image, we can add video. Um, I haven't played around too much with uh, besides images. Um, and uh, we do have, well, we, we had as of iOS 8, we had a, a custom, customized actions, custom actions on them. But um, I think that what's new in, in iOS 10 is um, that they, they can be triggered by um, 3D touch. Um, I haven't played around with 3D Touch. I don't know if I, either of you have, but um, I have one of these little SE devices, and it doesn't support it. But um, otherwise, if you don't, you know, if your um, if your app doesn't support 3D Touch, you can just like, sort of drag down the notification. Um, and setting up custom actions is pretty easy. And there's actually a um, an, an extension that um, that lets you. It's called the uh, notification content extension. And you can set it up to um, to respond to your um, actions, and um, also to create um, a custom view for notifications as well. Um, and what else is there? Oh, so we also have the ability to manage our notifications, so um, we can create updates so that we're not uh, necessarily uh, sending, you know, sort of like bombarding our users with notifications. We can just um, update the existing one. Uh, a good use case might be for um, for a gaming or for a fitness app. Um, so uh, you can you, you actually have the option to um, to update or modify um, pending notifications as well. Well, that's an interesting feature. So you can have a not notification out there, and maybe you haven't generated all the data they want with it at the time you send it, but you can update it at a later time. That seems like a cool feature. Right. And why um, why that specifically seemed really interesting to me is because I know, um, as you remember working on the news app uh, with us, um, 
sometimes there are corrections and, and, you know, the reporters or the editors need to put out a correction. And I thought, you know, there's a good use case for it, perhaps. Today's episode of iFreaks is brought to you by SetApp, the innovative new way to find and use the best apps for your Mac. Finding the right app can be a real chore. Sifting through bad apps, comparing reviews, what a waste of time. SetApp has created an easier solution. From a single folder on your Mac, you gain access to over 60 hand-picked apps for Mac. This growing collection of premium apps is available for a single monthly subscription of just $9.99. No ads, no hidden fees, no worries. Sign up at setapp.com and enjoy a free month trial of the full setup experience. Setapp, now you're all set. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the news apps really pushed over the past couple of years, the news apps have really pushed like what notifi- notifications have been used for. It, it's it gotten beyond just like, hey, open this app, open our app, check out this news article. They've gotten to the point where like the notification was the content that they wanted to deliver. They got their their text into something that would fit into a push notification, got some images, and that's what they wanted to send out to the users. So the users would be informed. I think BuzzFeed News, they were uh, one of the pioneers with that, but I think Washington Post is on it, New York Times. It's a cool, cool different different paradigm for delivering content you know I would always think of push notifications as hey now open the app now but in some cases you don't really care if they open the app they just want the info and it's something you can get to them quickly without them having to pull it out you know pull the phone out of your pocket unlock it go to the app and get the get the data I, I think this, uh, you know, sort of richer content in notifications is, is really cool. Um, but you mentioned something that I actually didn't know about, which is that you could write an extension so that you have code that actually runs, uh, you know, in, in response to, I guess, um, actions in a notification. Can you talk a little bit more about that and sort of what kinds of things that enables? Sure. Um, so um, this is the content extension um, feature. Um, and... So with a regular notification, the standard is you have your your header and the icon app uh, with the um, application title and the close button. And then you have your, um, uh, as of iOS 10, you have the ability to have the the image um, underneath that. And then you would have your your standard uh, title, subtitle uh, body of the message. Um, And then below that, you would have your custom actions. Um, so what the extension allows is uh, for you to actually modify the view entirely. Um, with, uh, I don't think you can modify the, the action buttons, but you can modify the view um, that sits above them, and you can actually um, hide the the standard content and replace it with uh, views of your own, so you can present it differently in however way you like. And um, I think there are some restrictions, though. You can't use um, things that are interactive, such as um, elements and anyway elements that are interactive as uh, text fields and buttons within the, the custom views. But you do have other options uh, within the, um, the action handling. So um, you can, um, through the actions, uh, modify the UI of the notification so that you can create a delay so that um, the, the view actually updates depend, uh, you know, depending on the action. And you can also use the, the sort of the built-in text input that you might have seen perhaps in the Messages app if you try to sort of drag down um, a banner uh, a banner notification from the Messages app. You can just uh, reply in the notification 
Um, and so you have that option as well um, when you're using the extension. Um, let me think of what else you can do with it. Um, so you do get a view controller or storyboard with it, and um, you also do get a plist, which is where you configure a lot of uh, sort of a, what you want to do with the extension. Um, and what, I was going to say something else. Um, oh, yes. So you can use multiple content extensions. You know, you're not limited to just one. You can um, have them re um, re reply to different categories for which you set up you know, individual actions. So as far as actions, historically, a push notification, if, if you swiped on it or pressed on it, it would, it would launch the app. But now there's more actions. Like what more type of th types of things can we do with the app, with our notifications? Anything, anything you'd like, actually. You can uh, maybe um, open up, let's say it's a, a URL, you can open up a URL, you can, um, you can also uh, perhaps share, um, open up some kind of share dialogue from the actions. Uh, it's sort of dependent on what you'd like to do with it. Um, I was thinking from, from my app, um, have the ability to, to share to social media and then also um, maybe open up, open up a calendar. Perhaps. Okay, so you receive a notification, uh, you swipe on it and it goes to your calendar page of your app. Yes, or I could open another app, I think. Um, or I haven't even played with this yet, so I, okay. <laughs> I can't tell you for a fact that that's possible, but um, I think that um, it, it's, it's pretty much up to, to your app what, what you want to do. Right. So it's definitely possible to you know, pass in custom data to your own app, and you can pass that down with your push notifications, and you can, you can read it within the notification handler, I'm spacing what the, the terms are, but you can pass in data and use that to determine what to do with your app. If you want to show a particular view controller, if you want to show some text or go to a different state. So that's definitely possible. I, I don't think you can open a, a different app unless you launched your app and first then cranked out a different app. That might be possible. Yeah, that, that's more what I was thinking. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that it's definitely easy to annoy your users with notifications. Like, what are some guidelines for not annoying your users? Um, probably the frequency. Um, I, I would say also having options for maybe uh, users to opt in to what type of notifications they're interested in receiving. Um, there's there is such a thing as I was saying like. Um, is it notification fatigue or something? Um, so you have to do. You have to definitely be uh, aware, uh, conscious of that. I think. Um, also, I would say make make the notifications engaging, like we um, do on the news app. Um, so a user can sort of choose whether they're interested in, in following up or not. Um, and I think the general guideline, according to Ray Wenderlich, is uh, you inform the user when there's uh, new content, essentially. Um, they don't want to go back to your app and, and see the same old thing they were just looking at maybe half an hour ago. Yeah, definitely. It's a fine line of giving the user too much information because I don't want all these notifications. Like, I'll get, sometimes I'll get a, notifi a notification from an app saying, hey, you haven't used this in a while. I'm like, yeah, because I don't need to use your app. That's why I haven't used it in a while. 
and maybe I clicked on it and they got more engagement, but I was annoyed and I turned off notifications for their app altogether. So there's, there's a social contract involved where you need to provide something useful to the user, otherwise they're just going to turn it off. Yeah, so I think as a user myself, I, I like notifications when I the when they're notifications I want to get. But what really bugs me is when I install and use an app, and I, you know, obviously I, I must have clicked through the system alert to uh, authorize notifications, but I don't remember actually really like configuring them in the app or knowing what was going to happen. And then I start getting these notifications that really just feel like spam to me. And of course, I just go in and shut off all notifications for the app. Um, when that happens, I actually think Apple's a really bad offender there. The Apple News app has recently started sending me notifications like several times a day for news stories, which I didn't, I don't remember turning on and I certainly don't want. Um, so anyway, don't do that. This is true. I'll give a plus one to that complaint to Apple. They started sending me Wall Street Journal articles all the time. And I have my notifications locked down pretty much because they go to my watch too, you know, which if I'm doing something, that's going to bother me. And I have my notifications triggered where it's something important that goes to my watch. Oh, it's something I want to pay attention to. But yeah, Apple started doing it. I had to go nuclear and just shut off all no- notifications for it. Don't do that. Don't be like Apple. General guideline, don't be like Apple. <laughs> um, I, I, I think what bugs me, and I don't know if this is something that could even be changed, but when you're, let's say, part of a group chat and you're just getting like constant message after message and the, you know my, my watch is buzzing at me and I, it just... It's a little nerve-wracking. It just makes me anxious. Yeah, definitely. It's just like, oh, I, you get this little signal and you said like, oh, I should read that. I should read that. I should read that. You know, 20 times a minute for some active Slack channel or something. It's like, it's not useful. It's just too much. So, uh, Paula, I'm, I'm kind of curious if... So say you're, you're basically in the position I'm in, which is that I, I've uh, worked on apps that used um, both push and local notifications in the past, but I haven't done that for a while, and I, and I definitely haven't done it since iOS 10 came out, and I kind of want to um, catch up. And you know, other than listening to this episode of iFreaks, obviously, uh, sort of, you know, where do you, where do you go? Where do you go to find out about all these changes and these new things that um, new capabilities and changes to existing capabilities that Apple has made? Because this is, I think, really the first time this whole uh, API has gotten an overhaul since it, you know, at least since push notifications c- came out. Yes, and um, so. Definitely that WWDC talk that I mentioned. Um, I, I linked to it in um, in our notes here. Um, it's I think 707 and 708. The first one is an introduction. It actually goes over a lot of what I spoke about earlier, just getting yourself set up with notifications and understanding what's going on in the background, um, as well as covering um, um, the the second video handles uh, adding attachments and that covers actually the service extension, which I haven't talked about yet. If you want to learn more about that. Yes? Yeah, cool. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess WWDC is sort of an obvious answer, and maybe it's just me, but I actually don't often. I mean, during WWDC, I try to kind of keep up and watch as many of the sessions as I can, but it's probably not often enough that I kind of go back to those when it's time to learn something, you know, six months yeah. later. Also, another... Um, Another resource could be the Apple documentation on notifications, which is um, up to date somewhat. <laughs> uh, so it's just developer.apple.com slash notifications. And there's a bunch of um, 
links from there uh, where you can get started or uh, look at the um, notification pro programming guide for both local and remote notifications. Um, and that's, that was definitely a good resource for me going through this. Um, I'm hesitant to uh, let you know where I got a lot of my information because it was uh, actually Xamarin <laughs> documentation, um, but it was probably the most useful, to be honest. Hey, we're a, we're a Microsoft-friendly podcast, right? There you go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Serious, seriously, we are. So we have uh, multiple episodes in the pipeline with Microsoft employees. So. Awesome. Talking about Xamarin and some of them even. I'm not too familiar with Xamarin, but um, I, I will say that uh, the, the examples are great in, in that document, um, both for, for both types of extensions. Um, and... I just thought it was great, and I didn't see anything like that. Um, I didn't see anything like that for Swift developers necessarily out there. Oh, very cool. So is there anything about notifications we're missing that we should talk about? Yeah, uh, so I, I mentioned before that uh, there's also another type of extension called the service extension. Um, and what that does is sort of like intercept your notifications um, so as they're sent from your um, server-side app through Apple Push Notification Service, there's this extension that handles um, any kind of augmentation or replacing of the visible content um, before it's presented to the user. And um, so some use cases might be if you want to provide intended encryption or add media attachments, this is where you can handle um, the, the yeah, decryption or um, perhaps like... Uh, you know, making the request for the image from a URL. Um, so what it provides is that it, it runs pretty quickly. There is a short execution time, but it provides a fallback method. And if not, um, if it, neither of those are able to, you know, complete this action, you it will just show the original notification. Um, the one thing that you need to do to launch the extension is include, um, there's a key, uh, the mutable content key in your notification payload, and it'll automatically use the extension to handle that content. So that's cool. So how how would that work to encrypt, like we'd encrypt the message so we're not sending it over the wire, like plain text over the wire? Exactly, yeah. So you this would be encrypted in your backend, and then you would uh, use uh, do the decryption in your service extension. Okay, that, that makes sense. So you can send the encrypted data, uh, service extension, it, it's an actual extension? From your application, do you have to create a new, like, new target for it? Yes, a new target, right. Same with the content extension. Okay, and so instead of running your whole app, it just runs this little extension. You can decrypt everything and display whatever you want to the user. And if someone exactly if someone was able to snoop on it, they couldn't see it. You know, we just right. did a episode on um, security and encryption with uh, Vixen Tail, and that was good stuff. So now you can secure your push notifications. Good to know. So what other apps are doing cool things with like the newer notifications? Do you have any good examples of apps people can check out for inspiration? You know, I was, I was looking for some, um, and I, I really was because I wanted to actually um, display them for my talk and sort of show what the um, options are, and I, I couldn't find any. I'm sure there are. Um, perhaps uh, some of the ones that were displayed in the, um, in the um, WWDC talk um, maybe something like an Uber or Lyft, but um, I have to sort of wait to get those notifications before I can see them. Um, 
but um, I, you know, the actual, the, the Apple um, messages or calendar has um, the custom, custom views. They're using custom views. I can't really tell um, if anyone's using an extension, obviously, um, but I imagine Apple would be, you know. Yeah, that's good to know. I haven't really seen a lot of cool uses of extensions, even though they, they announced it at WWDC. It's been out for a while. iOS 10's been out for well, five, six months. Not that long, but long enough to get stuff out there, and I haven't seen much. But I think that's a... I know. It's taking a while, I think, uh, because I actually, uh, when um, when I wanted to show an example, I started just sort of like dragging down every every note, type of notification that I got in, in my uh, notification center and just sort of checking out what are they using custom actions? You know, what are the examples that I can actually sh- sort of show off? And the only ones I could find were actual like Apple apps. Okay. I guess if BuzzFeed's not doing it, there's not much else. No one else is doing them either. They're... So we are supporting um, media in, so I think we support images. I, I actually haven't, I haven't seen them. But I think we, we are maybe maybe just hasn't been released yet, um, and I don't think we're um, I think we'd have to, we'd have to use the, the new framework for, for supporting uh, notifications um, sorry attachments and notifications. But um, we're not necessarily we're not using any of the extensions yet, and um, I I'm trying I'm trying to learn about it enough that I can offer to, you know like sort of suggest that we do it. So hopefully soon. <laughs> Did we get disconnected? No, we just okay. sometimes pause for a long time because we're trying okay. to figure out what what to, to say. But I, oh, I feel it. like we've sort of done a pretty good job covering a lot more than I even knew existed for, for the new stuff and notifications in iOS 10, which is cool because it means I learned new stuff. Yeah. It was fun to play with it, I think. Um, and just sort of uh, learn about it enough to be able to, to talk about it was, was cool because um, I, I've never, like I said, I've never worked with them directly. Um, usually what I'm doing is maybe handling some of the actions perhaps, but not necessarily doing the setup and, um, or, you know, sending any pushes myself. So it's sort of fun to be on the other end as well. Hey there, this is Charles Maxwood, and I just wanted to talk to you really briefly about Freelance Remote Conf. I'm putting on a conference for people who want to go freelance or who are freelance and bringing in some of the experts from the Freelancer Show to talk to you about how to find clients, how to collect money, how to build your business, how to specialize, and much, much more. So if you're thinking about going freelance or you're already freelance and want to hear from the experts on how to go, become, or grow your freelancing business, then by all means, come check us out at freelanceremoteconf.com. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's powerful functionality, and you can really increase the usability of your app by using notifications judiciously. Um, you know, but it's, it's a fine line, because you, you can annoy your users, too, and they'll just turn you off, and you can't help them at all. But, Paula, right. thanks for coming on the show. Uh, good Thank stuff. you. Let's, let's get to the picks. Andrew, what do you have for us? Uh, I've got two picks. Um, my first pick, well, and they kind of go together which was actually not intentional. Uh, my first pick is, um, I can't remember the name. Oh, it's called the W3 stand. It's made by a logo. Probably everybody's seen this by now because it's definitely kind of gone through the community, but uh, it's a Apple Watch stand that looks like an original Mac. Um, it's made out of silicone and uh, it's like it's like 15 bucks on Amazon. Um, 
made by this company called Alago that I've never heard of, but I got one. I'm really pleased with it. It's it's very nicely made. There's quite a bit of attention to detail. It even has the little hole near the floppy slot where you could, you know, put a paper clip in to force eject the disc. Um, and it's made a, a nice Apple Watch stand for my nightstand, so that's a fun, cool thing. Um, my second pick is maybe a little bit unconventional, but yesterday was the 33rd anniversary of the, the original Mac being announced. I think I kind of think tomorrow is the 33rd anniversary of it actually going on sale. And I actually recently picked up a 128K Mac that I've had fun playing with. Um, they're a little bit hard to find and somewhat expensive when you do find one in good shape and uh, and etc. But uh, my pick is not actually the 128K Mac. It's an emulator called Mini VMac, which you can use to install really early versions of uh, the Mac OS and you know, kind of see what things were like back then and be amazed at one, how limited everything was and how little it could do, but two, how there are some key things that really are still around with us today on the Mac. So those are my picks. Very cool. I'm going to have a one pick, one and a half picks maybe. I think last week sometime I just got the inkling to search to see if Iron Maiden was touring the U.S. this summer, and they are, so I'm excited about that. They're coming to the U.S., I'll be in Minneapolis in June, which I haven't seen Iron Maiden in a long time, since the 90s. And I wasn't really a big fan back then, but I've been listening to a lot more. And my half pick is, if you have to work out in Minnesota, if I work out in the morning, it's dark and it's cold, so I'm on the treadmill a lot. And having a Iron Maiden playlist really helps out, because you know, if the guy from Aces High can stare down the Luftwaffe, I can handle a few miles on the treadmill. So Iron Maiden as a workout playlist is, is my pick and the fact that they're touring this summer. Paula, what do you have for us? Okay, so I have, I have two. Um, so one is um, over the break, uh, Christmas break, I'm, I'm referring to, um, I saw in Hidden Figures, which I thought was really great. Um, and it um, sort of shed some light on um, some some really amazing women who were doing some programming, um, both so working with hardware, working with uh, programming, um, and I thought it was really inspiring. Um, so definitely go see that. And then also because it's the beginning of the year, a lot of people have uh, New Year's resolutions, uh, and a lot of people like to make um, resolutions uh, for their health. Um, I mentioned before there's an app I use called Strong Lips, but it's also part of a of a program where you. I can explain it. You um, you do there are five sort of strength moves that you do. Um, so it's three workouts a week and um, forty five minutes, and it's actually pretty straightforward. And I've actually I started doing it in the summer, and I I absolutely love it. I didn't think I would get so into strength training, but I'm really into it. So there's an idea if you're looking for something uh, a way to get in shape and just get stronger and feel really empowered. So it's stronglets.com. Awesome. We'll keep it up. So thanks for coming on the show. We learned a lot about notifications and how to use them and the new functionality. We appreciate it. So thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Paula. Thanks. We'll see you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.